Hello, hello everyone, and welcome to the Living Joyfully Show. This is Sherry K. Hoff from SherryKHoff.com. That's S-H-E-R-I-K-A-Y-E-H-O-F-F.com. And you can go to that website to get some delicious free gifts. And I have a fantastic guest here today. Wow, she will just blow you away. Let me tell you about Chella Diaz. Chella knew at a very young age how to manage money. At nine years old, she would go to the farmer's market and knew the vendors that had the best produce at the lowest price. She purchased her car at 17 and her first home at 23. Chella was married for 17 years and has two sons. For over 15 years, Chella has been on her spiritual journey. She has been hosting workshops to empower people to master their money skills. Her simple approach to creating a spending plan that will serve you today and for many years to come will allow you to reach your financial goals with joy and grace. Chella has worked with many coaches and mentors and created a program that meets each client where they are and provides them with the tools they need to unpack their emotional baggage around money. Hi, Chella. I'm so happy you're here with us today. How are you? I am wonderful and delighted to be here. Well, you are one remarkable woman. I'm so happy that you're here because people seem to really struggle with the money issue. So what, um, you know, it seems like you just work sort of great at it naturally. And so what do you have to teach to help people just get a little bit more comfortable with money? The first thing, that's a phenomenal question. The first thing is think about all of the limiting beliefs. You may not call them limiting. You may call them conversations that you listen to, money conversations you listen to as a child. And those people, that was their beliefs. Those were not yours, right? We sometimes take on other people's beliefs without knowing. Mm -hmm. So that's where we got to start. We got to start. What were those conversations that you heard and how have you adopted them into your life? So can you give me an example of a belief that, I mean, there's so many common ones that we, you know, seem to all be raised with. So can you give me an example of one and how you might overcome that? Absolutely. The one that comes up, there's, there's only, there's only a few that come up, you know, maybe in a different language, but different than Beros is we can't afford it. If you heard as a child, we can't afford it. And sometimes it was not that they couldn't afford it, is that they chose to spend the money somewhere else. Right. Mm -hmm. There was five things they needed to purchase. So you can't afford it. If you heard that as a child, right, sometimes as an adult, we carry that on and we work hard so that we can always afford the things that we want. So the message is that we have to work hard to have what we want. Exactly. You see, mm -hmm. it's all about what you heard and, how, and because we learn by watching, right? So if you 
grew up watching adults, because it's not always parents or grandparents. Sometimes it's adults that we are around. So I want you to expand that. So it may not have been in your household, but what other adults did you see? And they were working hard and you simply adopted that like, oh, that's what I'm supposed to do as an adult. Work hard in order to get the things that I want. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was just thinking about um, my parents and they were very young parents. I mean, they just were figuring out themselves how to manage not just their own money, but joint money together. And so, you know, I don't think it was so much that, you know, there wasn't enough. It's that they just had to learn how to work together with the money that they had instead of, you know, like one person spending and the other person not knowing and then the other person spending because they thought the money was there for that. And as a child, and of course, this is like looking back as a child, um, I think the impact of that was stress, you know, that money was stressful. It was stressful to talk about money, but really they were just two young kids trying to figure it out. But the message as a kid was, you know, I interpreted it differently. So then, you know, my work as an adult was to take a look at that and and with compassion, like my mom was 20 when she had me, you know, she was just figuring life out. And, um, and so that was something that helped me lift um, that, kind of feeling of being able to identify, wow, that's kind of where the stress around money came for me. Um, So I bet you have tons of breakthroughs with your clients as you're doing this work on limiting beliefs. Absolutely. But you just, um, Sherry, you just gave the listeners truly, it's the, you mentioned, you said how, you know, the, the two young parents in your household were learning let's say, right? They were learning how to manage money. So there was stress, but it was how that little girl interpreted that. Mm -hmm. So I want your listeners to see, it's like, what did that little girl interpret that to be? Because once you know that, and you did a phenomenal job, because once you become aware of what that is, then you can have different choices. Yeah, it really is a lot about awareness. And I know when we were um, talking recently, you were saying that you are the pricing queen. So we not only have our money beliefs that apply to everyday life, but then when someone is a business owner, you have those same money beliefs that you bring to your business and impact what you charge um, to people and how you value your worth. So um So what are some of the things that you do with your clients to help them increase their prices or when, when should people increase their price? When do they know it's the right time? Well, one, I believe so far, I've not come across a person, a solopreneur, a business owner that I believe has a price that is where it needs to be. Right. So because I believe that we all start way too low to begin with. Mm -hmm. Right. And some people think, well, if, if I increase my price, it's going to be a lot more work. It's going to be a lot more headaches. But it, it's actually, if the quick formula is, if you haven't increased your price in two years, it's time to talk to me. Wow. 
Wow. Yeah. And and there are probably people out there who maybe haven't increased their prices in five years or maybe <laughs> never. <laughs> so I think it's great. And I also think that even, um, you know, even for people, you know, people don't have to be struggling in their business to realize that they should be increasing their prices. So it's not that you have to be in a big money struggle and say, actually, I think that's kind of a not a great time to increase because you're, you know, you're already feeling stressed. But but it's more about acknowledging what you're bringing to the table. So. um so one thing I notice, and because I'm a business coach and I notice with my clients is whenever they take a big step, like maybe it's um, offering a package for the first time, or maybe it's increasing their prices and really any kind of change creates this. But I notice, especially around money, is that there's excitement like, oh, I'm going to charge more. And then there ends up being almost like terror, like, who do I think I am to be charging more. Well, it's predictable. I, I actually haven't run into a single client who decided to charge more and didn't have like a little mini panic attack, you know, while, you know, because ego just throws a ton of interference into that equation. So it's really about kind of riding the wave and getting to that place. So how do you support people as they go through that resistance and ego interference when it comes to pricing. Oh my God, you that that's gold. This is a $20,000 tip. Sherry, <laughs> that was an awesome question. And if they Thank follow you. this, that's how much money, additional money they could put into the bank account. But let's say that you, you get ready to increase. Let's say you put in the package together. You've never done that. So the ego shows up and wants to tell you, you know, and the questions come up. Who do you think you are? Nobody's going to buy it. You know, you're not going to get any yeses. Nobody's interested. Whatever that talk is, I say shoot to have five no's. So it doesn't matter what the price point is. It really isn't. Mm -hmm. Make it to your five no's, right? And once you get to the five no's, what ends up happening is that you feel more comfortable saying the package, saying the price, saying whatever that is. So don't even think about the yeses. Go for the five no's because of the confidence you're going to gain by saying it over and making the offer, right? Something is going to happen within you because you're going to start believing it. You already have a great product. You know you can help people, but now it's just a matter of Believing that and knowing within your body what you bring to the table. Mm -hmm. And I think too, there's a, a little switch that happens. Like, you know, at first you might feel like, oh, I'm afraid to say that price. But then uh, so I notice this within myself that then what happens is that sense of, well, I really am not willing to do it for less. You know, this, this is this is the price and you start feeling so good about it that you don't have that fear that, Oh, if someone says no, it means my price is too high. Um, so I think I just love the work that you're doing and it's so valuable. And, to, you know, you must have some kind of amazing journey. I know that in your bio, we talked a little bit about it, but, but from our conversation that we had 
a couple weeks ago or last week, actually, you've had quite the journey and you bring a lot to the table, like um, in terms of intuitive skills. And I know there are a lot of people listening who um, are just maybe uncovering that they have um, intuitive skills that they can bring to their business. Um, But there's also maybe some fear, like, you know, it's not celebrated as much to be using your intuitive skills. So can you speak to that a little bit? That's my favorite subject. Yes. And I can speak from experience. This is not something I read in the book or watched in the movie because I wanted to be the best intuitive person, but I also wanted to be the best kept secret. It doesn't work that way. Right. Uh But when I begin to show up and share about my gifts, I'm not going to sit here and, and lie to you and say that, you know, I was received with welcome arms and everybody loved it. No. But what I did find in the process is that I was it was easier for me to attract the people that were ready to work with me. So when I say the, the get to your first five no's, I'm speaking from experience because when you begin to show up and talk about whatever your special gifts are, your intuition, whatever it is that you do, you're simply go. it's like turning on the light switch and you're going to attract the people that resonate with whatever it is that you're offering. Mm, that client attraction, I love the alignment of that. And also there's a peacefulness when you think about, like when I think about my business, I like to think about, you know, sending my energy out and connecting with all the people that are meant to work with me and I know who they are and they know who I am. And, uh, and it's just such a beautiful way to run a business because you don't get caught up in, I have to try to be everything to everyone. And um, which I think people starting out, we, we sometimes feel like that, you know, I've been doing this for 14 years. You've been doing this for a long time too. And um, and in those early days, there was that, you know, I can't turn anyone down. I've got to work with everybody and I have to help everyone. And the more we can be aligned with the people that we're truly meant to work with. And it's supposed to be a joyful process both ways. We're helping people, but we're also enjoying it and having some ease and flow and and uh, and happiness in our business as we're doing the work with the people that we're meant to work with, I think anyway. <laughs> that is gold. That yeah. is so right. Because we get caught up and see, where do we learn those rules from? Who says we have to work with everybody? Mm-hmm. And it's natural. And I've been there, right? I really, truly yeah. have. But the more clarity you get around who do you want to work with, right? And most likely, let's say that, you know, let's say we want to work with 100 people, right? A hundred people and how many millions of millions and millions of people are out there? All you're looking for is a hundred people that are going to be in alignment with you and with your product or service. A hundred. You know what I mean? When you think about that, it's like, okay, so let me get my nose out of the way so that I can get to my 100 yeses. Mm-hmm. So when you work with people and they increase their price, what's next after that? Let's say they're, they've increased their price and they're 
you know, they are in the place of, all right, my practice is full or my business is full. Um, what's the next move in terms of money for them? That's a, actually, you just brought up a really a great point because that's the time when you practice is full, when you're totally booked with clients, one, it's time to put definitely time to increase your price, right? Because that means that you're getting to the overworked, overwhelm zone. And by increasing your prices, you're going to be able to make more money and work less hours. Mm-hmm. It's starting to do that. Um, it's a lot of learning to show up for your business and talk about your business and share what you do at least once a day. So 20 days out of the month, you're going to show up and share what you do. Again, it's about the practice. And the more you do that, the more you show up, that's when you begin to recognize who is your tribe. Who are those people that are ready for your service or your product? Mm-hmm. That's really beautiful. And I really love your calm energy about it. I can just, you know, feel how grounded and centered you are. And um, and you've got to be just such a support for your clients. People are really lucky when they work with you. I know that. So, so speaking of that, how can people get in touch with you? What's the best way? Best way, two things. You can go to my website, same as my name. We made it very easy. Chella, C-H-E-L-L-A, Diaz, Diaz and David, I-A-Z.com. And you can also check out my Facebook page under the same name where I provide tips and tools to help you get your money journey on track. Mm. Well, I know you offer such a helpful service and people really, you know, it's not a, you know, it's not a simple thing. The ideas and beliefs around money are pretty complex. So I encourage everyone to go to Chella's website. And I just want to remind you too, you can check out my website at sherrykhoff.com, S-H-E-R-I-K-A-Y-E-H-O-F-F.com. Now, Chella, before we leave here today, what is the one or two thoughts that you want people to leave here with? What's the gold that you want to share? I say take an action. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter how long you've been in business. If you want to get your business to the next level, start taking action towards that. It can be baby steps, but one action at a time is going to help you get there. Right? And I truly encourage you to Get an accountability partner, somebody that's going to help you stay accountable. Because let's face it, it's so much more fun when we do this in, in with, with peers than mm. it is alone. Mm. Thank you so much for those tips. And thank you, everybody, for listening. I really appreciate you today. Sending you lots of love. And I will talk to you soon. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.